Welcome to Catholic Family Stories. Hi, I'm Emily, the flautist for Emerald Wind. I composed Charlotte's Hat as a romantic French piece several years ago. In my imagination, it was a song about the meeting of two would-be friends, Charlotte, who left her hat at an outdoor cafe, and her new suitor, who chivalrously retrieves the hat for her by humorously battling against a crazy wind. My dad, inspired by this song, wrote the following story of the same name for us all. And it has become a favorite. Hi, Joseph here. We are so glad you can join us today. As Emily mentioned, I really love this story and its characters, so much so that to this day they send me off into a fond contemplation every time I think of it. I recall the sunny Sunday spring morning when I first began to form its words. My morning meditation mixed with thoughts of my daughter Charlotte's hat song, a recent homily from our parish priest, and the warm sun that streamed through the window and splashed upon my wife's beautiful golden hair beside me. The bright comforting light seemed to make the room resplendent with the glory of God present in her beauty and the living sacrament of marriage we share as one. For months later, I could only pen the first two paragraphs, being lost so much in the contemplation of this grace embodied in Maureen's loveliness. I was finally able to complete the remainder of the story while on an evening business flight, while the passenger next to me excitedly watched the words appear on the screen. I hope he's listening to this now, whoever he is. Fundamentally, this story is a mystical allegory of marriage. It weaves multiple levels and dimensions of symbolism with Our Lady, Notre Dame, who in her yes to God became and continues to be the principal agency for our redemption. Mary is the seat of wisdom, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, the Ark of the Covenant, the first evangelist, the new Eve. She is the very essence and inspiring force of femininity and beauty. She nourishes us with Christ. She clothes both Him and restores us to our original humanity. In turn, she receives our bungling attempts at virtue and unites it with her God-given perfection in the gift of humanity which she presents to her son. Charlotte's Hat, Notre Dame Cathedral, Charlotte's Beauty, the Sacramental Chalice, Femininity itself, they are all merry, full of grace, reeling in our souls unto God, who is the great fisherman. Our family happily presents to you Charlotte's Hat by Joseph Scriato and Emerald Wind. It was one of those days slipped somewhere between the loveliness of printemp and the lays of summer. The sun shone brilliant, illuminating the Parisian cityscape 
in bright exposures of primrose and white lilac. Touches of pale yellow edged away shadows and united objects with that artistic blending reserved for nature and yearned for by the masters. A gentle breeze bowed with grace and spun upon the late vernal flora with inconstant vigor, resulting in a playfulness of scents and sounds that danced about the patrons of outdoor cafes and crowded walkways. The murmured tones of city noise were offset by the appreciation of the moment that would last until the cool of late afternoon. In one such cafe, Le Pain des Fleurs, the brim of a lady's summer hat bowed in profile, like a veil, reaching just above the tip of a well-formed nose. Her cheekbones were decidedly feminine, and sloped attention to her delicate lips which were, at the moment, bathed in sunshine and slightly open in pleasant admiration of the day. She wore a simple linen dress that formed nicely about her shoulders and drew in at the waist to match the fine proportion of her petite form. The lady was shamefully unaccompanied, but this did not appear to solemn either her manner or the grace in which she seated herself at a patio table. She selected a seat nearest a flower box of Lily of the Valleys that draped like church bells, attended by intersperses of blue forget-me-nots and bright violets. The maiden removed her hat and placed it on the empty table setting to her side. Her large golden bangs swept across her eyes in a dramatic curve supporting the spherical shape of a springy halo bob which rounded about her face nearly touching the underside of her chin. She shifted her gaze to admire the sun splashes upon her hat. A young man a graduate student at the Sorbonne, had been mostly disinterested in the day. His thoughts were lost in a technical paper he had been reviewing between sips of espresso and sparkling water, as was his habit. His stature was of moderate build, and although his focus and smooth hands appeared to betray him as an intellectual, the worn rosary sitting next to his glass seemed to speak to a greater character. Its blue beads sparkled in the sunlight, casting rays across the patio upon the lady's hat, igniting the brief curiosity of a few passing pedestrians. The man had dark hair, with gentle highlights of brown and perhaps fine lines of red 
There was nothing coarse in his appearance or manner. His eyes were engrossed upon his literature with an uncommon friendliness. The remainder of his face was noble, but not haughty, though perhaps more attention could have been paid to his slightly disheveled hair. Occasionally, the corner of his mouth would pull to the right in an unwitting smile. To the imagination, it seemed as if it was tugged by the hands of a tiny and unseen angel. The man momentarily looked up from his reading, his attention now caught by the dancing of the blue hues upon the straw hat lying on the table about seven feet from him. The hat's construction was of a common style that seemed eternally fashionable in the city. Its tight straw weave gave it just the right structure to keep a fresh shape yet allow its extremities to flop slightly over the wearer's face. The effect was a playful allure of mystery and visual sweetness. Had the gentleman been observant when the lady entered the patio, he would have noted that this particular fashion additionally presented the impression of cheerful confidence, a quality owing entirely to the mannerism of its unique owner. Ah, Charette, mon chéri. The gentleman heard a waiter's greeting break through the mild din of a nearby starling nest recently awoken by the rustle of breeze. The man's meditation intensified. This particular hat was augmented, presumably by the owner, with a string of small decorative pearls fastened tight about the base of the crown. They resembled sea foam, ordered like school children, with hands in hold, ready to dance about a maypole. The black band, typical of these headpieces, had been replaced by a powder pink satin ribbon which encircled the crown in subtle rebellion to the sophisticated minimalist convention of the day. The ribbon was tied in a large, loose bow, laying like loveliness on the rear of the brim. A well-arranged font of fresh petite roses blushed red, yellow, and peach among dainty buds of white baby's breath originating from the edge of the hat, where the crown meets the brim. The man momentarily imagined the delicate handcraft as a metaphor of the emanation of women's grace, and then considered that what he observed was not simply a likeness. The student's name was Victor. While prone to contemplation, he was not inclined to study women's hats, and so forgot himself in the novel fascination murmuring as if in prayer. Charlotte. He whispered slowly as if beginning to understand a mystery unfathomable to men since the beginning of creation. At long last, a glare of soft sunshine beaming through the dynamic union of two clouds brought him back to his immediate senses, whereupon he realized its owner had 
finished lunch and exited without her chapeau. Victor darted a glance down the boulevard and caught a glimpse of Charlotte's radiant golden hair just before she turned vers les droite. He hurriedly threw a bill onto the table and swept the hat into his hand as he dashed out through the patio gate and down the street after her. His papers blew about Le Pain de Fleur through the intervention of a startling gust of wind that attempted to careen the city. Victor was a quixotic sight as he scrambled chivalrously against the airy blast, with his hat of Mambrino grasped in his arms while dodging small whirling objects propelled crazily in his path by the afternoon zephyr. Squinting for glimpses and visions, he sped around the corner and with male instinct jumped into a stream of pilgrims posing as tourists and businessmen heading home at the break of the day's major work shift. Trapped in the sea of the crowd, Victor countered his situation with sudden jumps to the side and short jumps about the shoulders of those around him. The erratic motions resembled that of an activated angler's bobber just before the reeling in of a prize fish. He raised the hat high in the air and shouted, Charlotte, Charlotte! in hopes of attracting the lady's attention. Just as he saw her step on the walkway bridge to cross the Seine, a mighty gust yanked the hat from his grip and tossed it to the left. Victor was too much of a gentleman to abandon the quest. He jumped into swift action, battling his way through stiff lines of opposing street traffic, reacting to the overflow of people scattered onto the pavement by the sudden bluster. The hat sailed down a side street, animated in a crazed hover, pitching and spinning as Victor raced after it, himself stumbling and tripping as he neared it. He reached out in desperation only to fall off balance in a painful twist. He compensated with a clumsy lumber, regaining speed and stability as the hat spun in a curious eddy, swerving to the right down a narrow corridor formed by two adjacent apartments. Victor dived after it in unwavering pursuit. The hat emerged from the strait like a wild kite, finally settling to rest on a patch of grass in the square René Viviani. Victor swept it up into his arms without a shift in stride and dashed toward Les Ponts en Double, the hat apparently had found a shortcut. Victor hastened through the entrance of the walking bridge as once did the infirmed and indigent it was originally built for. Only for an instant Victor was allowed the vision of Notre Dame Cathedral towering before him. The updraft jetting from underneath the bridge slammed the hat into his face, plastering it against his eyes like a bandage. He continued to race forward, blind, as if vision no longer mattered. The young knight tripped and rolled like a tumbleweed, once again regaining his footing in a smooth acrobatic motion in which his feet touched the ground, running with almost musical timing. He peeled away the hat, still wrapped about his head. Finally, there, near the center of the square, was Charlotte her arms outstretched in a dance, 
Her face beamed with joy as she twirled about the ancient Place du Paradis. He instinctively reached out to catch her, lest the gale blow her graceful form off the ground. Realizing he was still yet a distance away, he made a final sprint. Charlotte! He announced again. She was undeterred from her dance. It was then he noticed that a small, jubilant group of Catholic nuns and schoolchildren had been cheering her on with friendly laughter and spontaneous applause. The black and white habits of the religious sisters flapped and whipped in the windstorm resembling a circle of pirate flags in celebratory triumph. Charlotte's face glowed with rare freedom. She was exultantly happy. Even as Victor ran to the center of the square, this new admiration for her transformed into astonishment. Her freedom of spirit seemed to make flightworthy her soul and his. He reached the happy group in a spectacular final and clumsy trip, just before an indiscriminate engine buzz of a motorbike shot through the air at his back. The loud pealing of a horn blare in his ears dived in a distorted pitch to be drowned in the chaos of the wind roaring around him. His legs collapsed beneath him, setting him suddenly afire with agony. He screamed aloud in pain, not knowing what unseen danger had broken them. Forced belly down on the stone ground, he arched his head up in helplessness. The merriment of Charlotte's group quickly dissolved. Charlotte clasped her hands to her face in surprise, dropped to her knees, and leaned towards his wide eyes to comfort. In shock, Victor weakly shook Charlotte's hat before her in an attempt to complete his gentleman's charge with conserved words. I, I seem to have fallen for you. His voice was hoarse. He gasped for air as his lungs heaved. His heart pounded. Charlotte outstretched her gentle hand with an understanding smile that seemed to confirm the worth of the adventure. Both strong and sweet, she replied, Then I shall help you to fly. Her hand touched his. He felt a hidden iron pry a large lead-like lump from his heart that had been wedged so deep and familiar within him. It fell to the earth with a soft thud, leaving a beautiful emptiness in his chest as the dream of his life melted away. The breezy air whistled through his hollow and fanned the flame of absolute purity into a furnace of heavenly light to illuminate the new vacuum. She was there. Strength poured through his lightened body as he arose into the air as if a mighty updraft lifted beneath wings that seemed to have been always present but unseen. He soared upward against the face of the cathedral, rising higher and faster with Charlotte united at his side. The rose window beamed a kaleidoscope of holy light, seemingly powered by a source much brighter than the sun 
from the interior of its sanctuary. Just before rising into the colored rays, Victor looked down and could see the tempestuous wind. It was a divine breath that propelled hundreds upon thousands of streams of angels back and forth from the populous cityscape into the far reaches of the sky. Victor could see other forms, reddish-black gargoyle figures fighting wildly to thwart the angel streams. In each case, the angels easily dispensed with their attacker, swiftly wrestling their hateful forms away from their human charge in a single motion as the voices of the angels pronounced a single phrase over and over in unending salutation. Maria Immaculata. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Maria Immaculata. Victor refocused his gaze upon Charlotte as they increased their ascent into the multicolored splendor, now bathing them in brilliance. She was a starling. A beautiful prismatic sheen covered her dress and glistened iridescent in the vivid radiance of the first beams. He only now really saw her face close, powdery soft and curved, resembling a rose petal. Her eyes were dark, calm, loving, and endlessly deep. An unfathomable thirst, one that had been with him his entire life, stretched out towards her to drink in those eyes. He recognized in them the sacred chalice. Before he could drink, Paradise poured upon him in lavish excess. The rose window beams fluttered rapid images before him in intense splendor. There was Charlotte, her lovely form encircled in stunningly bright white lace like an endless field of gypsophila. Her eyelashes laid in a humble bow upon her soft cheeks. A simple Ave gently kissed his soul. I do, she whispered in her own abandonment. Pinks and carbuncles rushed upon her countenance as they flew higher, and Victor glimpsed a child in her arms. The red light flared and sparkled about the babe's hair in a magnificent dance with the gleaming smiles of mother and child. Vision after vision intermingled into a living, intimate murmuration of colors. There were the greens of making a home together, glorious in the sunland, blues and indigos of countless losses and sufferings were shadowed and then reformed into ubiquitous baths of violets that highlighted the nobility of her chin and greeted the wisdom in her eyes that shone in stalwart faithfulness. She laughed, 
they cried. There were countless pictures that flooded upon Victor in complete rapture. Charlotte gave life over and over in thousands of images, each one tenderizing his heart in the experience of grace. The images would pause from time to time as he found himself resting with her friendship in tiny coves hidden along the wall of the cathedral. She was perfectly silent during these times as she conversed interiorly in prayer, raising her gaze in a gesture of thankful exultation before being lifted up further into the myriad of stained-glass pictographs projected across her face. Their flight climbed higher above the cathedral. Victor looked downward upon Paris. He saw it dim and disappear into darkness. The glow of the late afternoon sun proved only a shadow to the lamp of sacred intimacy he now entered. His ability to discern through his limited physical senses eventually became fully dulled, and he was plunged high into the evening sky, into darkness that his soul knew to be great and scathing illumination. Paradise was more than a noble duty. It was more than Charlotte. It was more than Notre Dame. The great fisherman had caught and reeled him in. This was the day his co-redeemer and lady love handed his life gently and completely to Christ. His heart was made to be a home for the Holy Spirit, just like hers. O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Charlotte's tender voice slowly awoke Victor. Her fingers lightly brushed back the hair from his eyes as she leaned over him to admire the miracle. Tears of grateful joy distilled from Days of ceaseless prayer streamed from her face and dripped as ambrosia upon his mouth. Her mischievous lips smiled into his soul. Victor's bruised body ignored its dormancy and rose out of the hospital bed only to fall to his knees in happy adoration of his bride. Many Sundays not too distant from then, found them walking hand in hand down the lovely streets of Paris and eating lunch at Le Pont des Fleurs. And so it was a new heaven and a new earth. You have just listened to Charlotte's Hat. Your narrators were Joseph and Maureen Scordato. The waiter was played by my brother, Joey. Charlotte was played by me, Emily. The part of Victor was voiced by Christopher. 
The Maria Immaculata song was written by Cecilia and sung by Nicholas. Our meditation music is Charlotte's Hat. Let us pray. Lord God, at your whisper, all creation comes into being and obeys, except for us, ruled by fears and appetites of self-interest, except for Mary, perfect and pure, because she holds your living word. Place us all in the beautiful heart of Mary, your living chalice, to mingle with Christ and become one with Him as water is obediently transformed into marriage wine upon hearing His command. Father, You are love. May all marriages become gushing fountains of your love for our children to splash and play in, delighting in pools that reflect the communion of the Holy Trinity. Father, you are beauty. Peel away our blindness to see life as you created it, artfully crafted to hold you in your sweetness and glory. Dearest Father, we are each yours. Amen. From our family to yours, we pray that your family enjoys the beautiful riches of God's love for you.